0: So we are in a series called The Sacrifice Code, and we have been trying to probe you. Why do you sacrifice? What motivates you to sacrifice for your family, for your career, or for somebody who you love? The key question is, are you sacrificing properly and appropriately? Uh, Kindly stand with me and meet me at 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11 for our text of concentration this morning. If your knees work and your bodies are good, please join me in standing this morning as we read God's word together uh, this morning. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11. Please stand with me. If your body works, you know. Mm. I wonder why every Sabbath, it's a struggle for some of you to get up. <laughs> you know, it's all right. But we stand because we want to give God's word respect. But at the same time, I just want to wake you up a little bit because some of you are ready to sleep. Because the week has been so hard. And uh, the moment you sit down, you're like, wow, this is the only time I can rest. Because the kids are not bothering me no more. The boss, the boss is not bothering me no more. So, nah, we are not sleeping in church. Amen, somebody? St. Corinthians, coming to us from the hand of Paul, verse number 5, the text says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves. In other words, we are not boasting about ourselves. We are not posting about ourselves. We are not wanting to make ourselves look good. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not what is in the heart. (laughs) That should just hit you a a little strong right there. For if we are beside ourselves, if we are crazy, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. What a man who understood sacrifice for the love of Christ. We know this text. We know this verse. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. We have come to this conclusion. We have made up our mind on this. That... oh. That one has died for all, (laughs) therefore all, you and I, have died. And he died for all, Samoa. That those who live, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised, Today, we're going to consider a life of persuasion. Let us pray. Mighty God, do work, please. Work in me, work in your people, and help us all to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Under the sound of my voice are men and women, boys and girls, who love credentials, who love degrees, who love pedigree, heritage, they are PhDs in waiting this morning. You're dreaming to go to that school to get your degree. For some of you, you are dreaming for that paper to be qualified for that position. Yesterday I was having youth Bible study with some JCC youth and one of the students said to me, Pastor, I just graduated. I said, where did you graduate from? She says, I graduated from junior high school. I'm going to senior high school. She doesn't have a PhD or a master's, but she has a credential. She's a graduate of junior high school. Some of you are doctors. In fact, to be a pastor, (laughs) you need credentials. Some of you would not approach me. Because I can't marry you or baptize you. You understand what I'm saying? You will look for somebody who can do that. Because credentials are important. Some of you write Singapore Airlines instead of Lion air because Singapore Airlines has the credential of safety. They take care of their aircraft. So you might pay a little more, <laughs> but you know that They're safe. You look for lawyers who have passed the bar exam. You look for doctors who are specialists in cardiology. (laughs) I know a little bit about medicine. You look at those doctors who are specialists in the eyes. Because credentials give us strength. Credentials hide our weaknesses. Credentials say, I have overcome. I have achieved. I am somebody. I am making it. I got the money. I'm living the life. But I've learned... That sometimes God might use the areas you find greatest weakness in over the areas you find greatest strengths in. I have learned that God may not be interested in your degree, may not be interested in your license, may not be interested in your qualification. God might be interested in the fact that you are a procrastinator. God might be interested in the fact that you are not married yet. God might be interested in the fact that you have a disease. God might be interested in the fact that you don't know how to stand up for yourself. God might say, where you struggle is where I need you. Where you are challenged is what I want. And are you willing to sacrifice your strength so that I can use (laughs) your weakness? In the city of Corinth, people aligned themselves to their favorite preachers. They aligned themselves to preachers who had strengths. They liked the preachers who had no weaknesses. In the course of my years and time in In JCC, I've learned that uh, some of you like me, some of you like Pastor Sam, some of you like Pastor Tendai, some of you like Pastor Perdosi. I'm cool with that. I don't lose sleep at night because I understand that we all have favorites. In fact, I have my favorite preachers too. But the sad thing is this. That sometimes we focus on people's pros, and the moment we see their cons, (laughs) we don't like them as much. I'll be the first one to tell you I have a lot of cons, I have a lot of weaknesses, I have a lot of limitations. And I hope that the more you get to know me and the more you see my cons you are not going to change your perception of me because you have seen that wait a minute pastor henry is actually weak in this area in that area and that you're going to be able to balance uh, the pros you see in me and the cons you see in me i want to bring it down to you for a moment you see to love people well we must balance pros and cons we should be so pro we should never be so pro minded that we never see the cons. We should never be so con-minded that we never see the pros. And I know that some of you are struggling today because uh, people have seen cons in your life and now they no longer like you or talk to you as much. Your weaknesses have come out and now the relationship is in trouble and is facing difficulties. The cons have come out and now the boss doesn't treat you the same way because somehow they have, they, have, they have concluded on your life based upon the cons that you have in your life. So in the city of Corinth, people like preachers because of their pros. And I want to let you know some of the pros That people judged preachers by, Sister Audrey. You see, it was a pro for a preacher to have an acquaintance with JC, Jesus Christ. Most of the preachers that came around in Corinth said, I I, I met Jesus personally. In in fact, I know people who know Jesus like Peter and, and, and Matthew you know, I, I, I hang out with those people. In fact, we had lunch last week. Another pro for a preacher who came to Corinth was they had to have a good connection with the church of Jerusalem. In other words, they had had to preach a sermon in uh, Jerusalem Seventh-day Adventist church. <laughs> and when they came to Corinth, they had to say, I've been in that church, man. I like their music. I, li- I like the way they do stuff over there. Another pro for a preacher who came around Corinth was they had to be a choleric leader type. Boss people around, had to look like they got everything under control. They didn't need help from anybody. Another pro for a preacher in Corinth was originality. They had to preach original sermons. (laughs) They had to write original books. They had to be creative. So when you came around Corinth, you had to say, you know what? I can do it better than that preacher. I I can spin it in another way. If you came in Corinth, you had to have great public speaking ability. You had to know how to move a crowd, Jeremy. (laughs) People people had to say, oh man, that preacher just spoke to me. And you had to live a life with no flaws. Elder Donald. No flaws. You were perfect. You were Jesus incarnate. You, you, you could walk on water. You had to be that perfect. But when Paul comes around. Paul comes in Corinth. With a ministry of cons. Paul never met Jesus personally. Paul had a hard time with the church in Jerusalem. Paul wasn't your choleric type. He he was more phlegmatic in temperament. Paul wasn't original because his sermons were borrowed from the Old Testament. He often quoted uh, Moses and he he quoted Joshua. He quoted Malachi. He quoted Jeremiah. So he was not original. Paul did not have great speaking ability. He could not move a crowd. He, 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 in fact, a lot of times he, 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 he was trembling and, and stuttering as he preached. But Paul served anyway. And what I've learned is that we often hide our cons, because they make us convicts in people's eyes. We often don't want to talk about our weaknesses because the moment that we talk about them, it becomes a problem. So we hide our cons. See, I'm going to get real personal right now. One of my cons is that I sweat a lot. So, you know what I try to do is I I try to... Should I be so explicit? Hmm. You guys might judge me, but it's all right. I'm preaching right now. So it's fine. Because I sweat a lot, I often bring two shirts. In fact, I have another one in my my, my bag. (laughs) I'll change after. And a lot of times I wear dark clothes. Because I don't want my, 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 my weakness, my, my con of sweating too much to, to come out. But here's a problem, Brother Jeff. After I dance around here, after I preach, I'm sweating. So, 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 so no matter how hard I try to hide my con, my con still comes out. And therefore, God is telling me, Henry... Start to embrace your con. Do not hide it. It's who you are. Embrace it. And I don't know who this is for. I know you're trying to hide your temper. I know you're trying to hide your overspending. I know you're trying to hide your disease. But let me know. Let me let you know that it's going to come out anyway. Some of you are controlling, but you try to not be so controlling in front of people. No, That's your con. Embrace that. Some of you don't know how to shut up. You talk too much. Embrace it. Some of you don't know how to carry a conversation. It's cool. Embrace it. Some of you don't know how to save money. (laughs) When you go to the mall, (laughs) you forget bills. Some of you, when it's motherbug in front of you, you you don't know what to do with yourself. You're like a kid in a candy store and you just want to eat. And what God has been teaching me, Henry, it's okay that you sweat. It's okay that it's going to come out. Let it come out anyway because it's going to come out even if you try to hide it. It's who you are. And so Paul says, look look, look at it like this. Paul says, if I must boast, I'm going to boast. In fact, I'm going to show my weaknesses. I'm not going to hide it. I'd rather sacrifice my degrees. I'd rather sacrifice my pedigree. But I'm not going to sacrifice my weaknesses. Because Paul understood that it was his weaknesses that made him a great apostle. Hmm. Paul understood that it was his weaknesses that allowed God to use him powerfully. I'm I preaching to somebody this morning. You see, many of us, we want to look good even in front of God. And therefore, God is not able to empower us as he should. But Paul understood, I don't know those brothers in Jerusalem. I have never met Jesus. I cannot speak powerfully. I am phlegmatic in temperament. But Lord, here I am. Lord, here I come. Lord, where? Send me. And therefore, instead of looking good, He said, it's cool. Even if I look, I look bad. So a lot of times, we think of sacrifice as doing something amazing and doing something great. But perhaps sacrifice for somebody today simply means that, you know what? I've had a past. It was bad. I don't like it. But that's my past. And what I love about God, Dr. Mike, is that God doesn't convict me for my cons. God can still use me (laughs) even if I have cheated on somebody. Don't cheat. God can still use me even if I've stolen something. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I'm not talking to you yet. God can still use me even if I procrastinate. God can still use me even if I struggle being pure. God is not afraid of my weaknesses. God is not afraid of my struggles. In fact, God says, bring me your struggle. Bring me your challenge. I need it. I want it because when I have it, I'm going to take you to the next level. You think I'm perfect? That's why I preach? You think I'm perfect? That's why I pray? (laughs) No. In fact, I like to borrow the words of Paul. He says, I'm the chief of sinners. And God forbid that we start to come in God's church thinking we're better than the next man. No, you just sin differently. You're not better than me. I'm not better than you. (laughs) Our struggle just looks different. But even in your struggle, God says, "Come, come here. I want you. I will help you." So, so, so now, I know I don't have a lot of time today because we have communion, so I'm going to have to speed through this a little bit, just, just like F <laughs> like an F1 driver says, the lady, I'm just going to go through this real quick. So Paul. He knows that he's weak, Brother Jeff. He has struggles and challenges. So, what could he do about this particular situation? Paul decided to use his weaknesses to his advantage. And I want you to see how Paul puts it. He says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. Paul chose to live a life of persuasion. You you know, when when you persuade somebody, you are giving them reasons so that they can come to a conclusion. And I know some of us are very persuasive. We can get our husband to do what we want him to do because we persuade. Some of us are very persuasive. We can get our wife to do what we want him to do because we're persuasive. Some of you are persuasive with the pastor. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Some of you are very good. In fact, some of you make faces. Ooh. Very good at persuasion. But here's the problem. Paul is coming into Corinth and he has a lot of Cons. And he's being convicted for his cons. People think he's a weak preacher. People think he cannot be a good leader. So how does he persuade people when he has a lot of cons? And I know that some of you are right there today. That because of your cons, you are being convicted by the people you love. Because of your cons, you can never say, Anything to somebody at home. Because when you say something to them. They look back at you and say. Do you know what you did? Come on now. Talk back to me if you can. Who are you to talk to me. When you made the same mistake. And some parents are struggling with kids today. Because kids look back at parents and say. You know what you did? You know what your life look? at? Like? You going to tell me now? So how do you. Persuade somebody when they're convicting you for your cons. And some of you are able to persuade your partner, but your kids convict you for working too much. Some of you are able to convict, to persuade your kids, but you cannot persuade your brother because your brother says, uh, mom favored you, dad favored you. Some of you are able to persuade your brother to go on vacation, but when you go to the office, you cannot persuade the boss because he says, look at your KPI. It's messed up. Who are you to try to propose a new program? And some of us are struggling today under the weight of our cons. Some of us are convicts. Not because we are making the mistakes again and again, but we are convicts because somebody saw us fall, somebody saw us make a mistake, and today we are suffering. So how do you persuade somebody when you're being convicted? I want you to see how Paul did it. Paul, even though he was weak, even though he wasn't considered great, he says... I'm still gonna persuade you because I know the fear of the Lord. In other words, Paul understood, watch this, that all of us, black, white, Asian, Indonesian, (laughs) all of us must pass through, Sister Susan, under the judgment seat of Christ. So each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or bad. Listen to me, brother and sister. You and I are not going to go through the x-ray machine. We go through x-ray machines, yes. But God has his own x-ray machines. He checks our characters. He checks our motivations. He checks our words. He checks our life. God sees it all. You may hide it from me. You may hide it from your mom, you may hide it from your boss, you may hide it from the president, but you cannot hide it from God. Because all of us must go through the judgment seat of not God, but Christ. This Christ we love, this Christ we preach, he is also a judge. So Paul says, Sister Lydia, I have been convicted by you. But I don't care about your conviction. I care about God's conviction on my life. Mm, you didn't get that? So I'm going to preach it again. a Valerie, let me replay that. He saying, look, you've convicted me as weak. You think I'm not a good preacher. But that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't stop me living my life because I live for God. And that's what I need a convict to learn today. I don't care what your family is saying about you. I don't care what your brother is saying about you. I don't care what your boss said about you. Care more about what God is saying about you. And live free. Be liberated. And therefore, Paul can say, even though you have convicted me, I'm going to continue living my life. Yeah, you tripped up in the past. You were not pure in the past. You tripped up, yeah? But because you are now under the blood of Jesus, and now you understand that he has accepted you, even though people may know stuff about you, <laughs> you don't care about that. You keep walking. Mm. Yeah, you used to overspend your money in the past. People knew you weren't broke, but God has delivered you. It don't matter no more. You can talk about saving because God has delivered you. I might preach to somebody this morning. <laughs> Yeah, you were not a, a, a diligent student in the past. You, you used to fail, but God has delivered you and given you a spirit of diligence. Even though people say you can never be smart, you can never get a degree, but God has delivered you. And even though people are saying stuff about you, you're going to walk like you're a diligent student. You're going to walk like you got a PhD in your head. They met somebody. So now when you live for God's approval more than man's approval, it don't matter what they say about you. It don't matter what they think about you. And notice what Paul says. a Notice what he says. He says, What we are is known to God. And I hope it is known also to your conscience. I hope I just delivered somebody with this this is what Paul is saying God knows who I am God knows what I've been through God knows what I've done but I'm not going to convince you about me I hope that your conscience is going to convince you about me that one didn't land Pastor Sam so let me make it land (laughs) I want to make it land on Jalan Sudirman We have the statue of General Sudirman. He died in 1952. If I made that mistake, please forgive me. He died in 1952, but his statue stood in 2003. That's a long time. But in the national consciousness of Indonesia... They say, wait a minute, General Sudirman. he fought for our country. He gave us independence. He allowed us to be where we are. And therefore, even though he's not here to defend himself, our consciences are speaking to us that we need to erect a statue for him. We are so persuaded about his life that all we can do is to honor his life. I hope I helped somebody today. You don't need to convince people about your life. Live your life. Be you. Do you. But there's going to come a day that whoever is convicting you is going to know, no, 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 no. I convicted him wrongly. No, 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 no. I said that badly. No, 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 no. They're not who I thought they were. And your statue is going to stand. In their heart, in their mind. So Paul says, I'm not going to worry what you think about me. I'm going to live my life. Today, Jesus doesn't speak audibly to us. But we are persuaded by his life. And we're here to celebrate his life. That he was born. That he lived. That he was crucified. That he was buried. And that he lives again. We're persuaded by his life. That if we give our lives over to him, we are going to be delivered. We are going to experience salvation. And we're going to be in heaven. We're persuaded for his life. And this is why we come to church. That is why we tell people about him. Because Jesus says to you and I, can my life convince you? Can my life touch you? Can my life change you? And I want you to understand, brother, your life can do the same for somebody. And today, I've come to present to you a life of persuasion. To challenge you to also live a life of persuasion. Let the conviction go. However they have convicted you, let it go. Whatever they're saying about you, let it go. And today as we are partaking of the table of the Lord, I want somebody today to say, you know what? The conviction is going today. I'm not going to live my life by how I've been defined. I'm going to live my life by how God sees me and he loves me. At this particular moment, I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to pray a prayer. It's you and your God. Talk to him. Telling him, Lord, I'm letting go of the conviction. It's over. No need. I, at this particular point as you're praying, I want to invite the, the elders and the, the deaconesses and the deacons to come here with me. We're going to transition into our communion right now. And as we transitioning into communion right now, we want to let go of the convictions and wanna embrace a life of persuasion. I know God spoke to you. I know you wanna respond, but you may not know how. You may not know when. Let me tell you the how. There's number on the screen. Reach out to us, and we're gonna show you the next house. Let me tell you when. Right now. Right now. Don't delay. Today, if you hear your voice, today, today, Perhaps the Lord also has impacted you and you would like to give and partner with us in ministry. We have an account number on the screen, kindly give. Whatever gift, whatever amount, trust me, we'll be more than grateful and happy for it. And it's gonna help us to proclaim the love of Jesus. Until then, take care. God bless you.